charges. Each person gets one. And then at the end of the service, as you're getting ready to do this final part, the ushers start from the back at ours. And at the end of the row, they just start lighting one candle. And they just go down step by step by step, light a candle at the end of that row. And then the people in that row, candle by candle, light the flame in the next person's candle. And so it's very symbolic because it it is definitely a symbol of passing the hope and the story and the light through to the next person. But it's also symbolic of you start out in the dark and there's a light that starts to little by little fill the room. And you can see how much the light of one little candle adds up when it's hundreds of candles in a room. And Welcome to Life Career Rewritten. My name is Susan Ballou, and I believe that learning from other people's experiences as they have navigated unexpected twists and turns in their life can be a key factor in helping us explore the most healthy and productive ways to reimagine our lives and give us hope during our unexpected twists in the pathway. Join me as I take you on a journey to learn more and maybe even help you give yourself permission to think outside of the box as you move forward. This is Susan Ballou. Welcome to episode 31 of Life Career Rewritten. And today we're talking Christmas 2023 and some hope. Christmas or any other types of holidays are really a time that highlights people missing in our lives. And so it can be a really tough time. This is my second Christmas without my husband. And we had lost him in November before last Christmas. So I I made reference to it a little bit in episode 30 just kind of talking about getting through that and how this holiday season has felt even a little bit more difficult, I think, because I'm not in shock as much and so less protection from all of that. However, over these last few days in particular, I've just had another layer in the healing process. A lot of it has been through some of the lessons that I've learned through this holiday season and just God helping me. I really want to share some of the journey that I've had to hope and to help. But for today, I want to talk about just the the Christmas season and some of the things that I've seen and how God has helped me. So for those of you that follow me on Instagram and Facebook, you may have seen a post that I did on Thursday, which is our winter solstice. And my husband's family always celebrated their kind of their winter traditions on that night, and they called it Shabbat Yaldah. When we were first married, my goal was to not just only have my holiday traditions, because holidays were a really big deal to my family, but I didn't want it to ever feel like my family's holidays were the only ones that were important. That that was something that I wanted to incorporate anything that was important to my husband. I wanted to incorporate that into our family traditions and create our own traditions. And so one of the things that we we really worked on trying to do was something for his Shabayelda. And of course, it was busy, busy time of year. You're always running around just a few days out before Christmas and finishing up your last 
shopping and getting everything ready. And if there were holiday parties that were kind of late in the season, going to those. And and it always seemed like all of the other stuff and traditions overshadowed that day. And so sometimes it was a challenge. And then on top of it, of course, there were always the questions that people had about, well, what is this tradition? Like almost all of the traditions that go along with our own Christmas celebration, there's a controversial history to it. So whether you are someone who is smack dab in the middle of the whole discussion on should we be having Christmas trees? You know, should we be having uh, Santa Claus? Should we be giving gifts? All of those other things. And of course, there was stuff around the winter solstice as well. So the celebration that my husband's family would have would be about the fact that that was the longest night. It was the first night of winter. And it was the beginning of the first, the next day would be a little bit longer. And so it was the beginning, it's called birth of the sun. And of course, in many, many years ago, it was part of some of the pagan traditions of worshiping the sun and that type of thing. However, it was really special to my husband because it was a time when they would get together as a family. The thing that I would love to hear him talk about was how they had this coal stove in their living room that they would put a big blanket over and then they would sit and put their feet under the blanket. It was very cold. In, in their area of the country. And so they would sit around and they would talk and his dad would tell stories. And it was a time when it was loving memories and positive and, and just some hopeful discussions and hearing, hearing stories and, and feeling loved. And on top of that, then they also would always have somebody would really work on carefully saving some of the leftover fruit from the summer. And they would, he would say that, you know, they would put it like in hay and stuff up and it sounded like maybe up in the attics or rafters or whatever, up where it was cooler to try to keep it from going bad. Because unlike us today, where we just take it for granted that you can go to the store and you can buy whatever you need, whenever you need from the produce section of the store, because maybe they had it flown in yesterday or today. That was not the case where he grew up. Food was not plentiful all of the time. And certainly, you know, fresh fruit was a treat at the first day of winter. And so his favorites were watermelon and pomegranates. And then they would have things like pistachios and cookies and just, you know, the special things like that and light candles. And, and it was just very warm, good memories. And hearing him tell about those were special. It was special to the kids when they grew up, hearing him talk about the good times that his family had, because they also, you know, hear some of the talk about some of the harder times. And so that was always a, a nice time. So I wanted to carry this on this year, even though he was gone and be able to kind of share with the grandkids some of Papa's stories and pass some of this along and some of the tradition. But I also, part of what I really like about this is when it occurs and it does occur right at the beginning of Christmas. And as I thought about this through the years, it has dawned on me that while, while they're celebrating, you know, the birth of longer days of light, what are we celebrating at Christmas? We're celebrating the birth of the light of the world. 
And so that's one of the things that I have pulled into this as part of our traditions. And um, so the other day we were reading those old prophecies in the Jewish Torah and 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 our Old Testament. Um, and in, in Isaiah 9, which is part of the Torah, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. It talks about and it and it foretells God sending his the Messiah to bring light into the world. And he's a counselor and comforter, prince of peace. And then later on in the New Testament, when it's talking about Christ, the first chapter in John, who John was written by John the Beloved, if that's familiar to you, he was one of his disciples. And he wrote the very first who began it by, in the beginning, the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was God. And it's this very poetic, beautiful, kind of mysterious chapter that didn't used to mean that much to me because I didn't really get it that much. And and as these years have gone and I've started understanding it more, I've started beginning to really understand the the meaning of this, that Jesus and God, they are, we you know, they are one and yet they're three separate. There's Jesus, there's God, there's Holy Holy Spirit that Jesus sent back to earth to help us after he rose from the dead and went back to heaven to be with God. And yet they're all God. Now, am I going to explain what we call the Trinity? No, indeed, I am not because I, I can't. But Christmas is about the celebration that we have about God sending his son to earth as a human to take our place to to be a sacrifice for us because we could never be good enough and follow all the rules that had been laid out well enough to be able to do it on our own. And honestly, I've had a lot of talk with different people, different religions. And of course, we, you know, there's all kinds of religions and and one of the things people say was, is something, you know, to the effect of like, well, why did, you know, Christians just say that theirs, theirs is the best. And it's like, well, it, it is the one religion where God came down to earth as a human and paid our price for us instead of enforcing rules on us that we can never meet, that we can never make be good enough for to meet whatever the end is in that particular religion, whether it's a religion that believes that, okay, if I'm good enough, then I'm going to come back as a better being than I was this last time. And if I'm bad, I'm going to come back as, you know, a worm or something. Or, and I'm not trying to make fun of that. It's just, those are people's beliefs. Or if I'm really, 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 really super good, I might someday, somehow at the end of it, if there is something at the end, I might be able to get into some little corner where it's good enough but there isn't another one where God who created the world, who made everything, did send his son to come as a human and take our place. And then after he did that and he defeated, he defeated ultimately the part that made us so that we could never be good enough to really obey the rules and really do things well enough. Then he said, okay, I need to go back and be with God the Father. But when I go back, I will send my spirit back, my Holy Spirit, to be with you individually, each one of you, to be your counselor and your helper 
and your guide and teach you step by step what all of this means. And so it's actually amazing. And as I've walked this path over this year of really coming to understand that, and a lot of it came out of needing needing the help and the comfort is what I really needed because I, I was struggling, frankly. And so this light that we have. And so to, to go on in what I was talking about in that first part of John, it says the word was the source of life. And this life brought light to the people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has never been able to put it out. So no matter what permissions people have or rules people have or governments and 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 hard times and sadness and people trying to be in power, none of that, none of the evil can put the light out that God has sent. Then and, and then kind of as that final step that we talked about on Shabbat is that Jesus actually told the religious leaders at the time who did not at all appreciate him and did not believe that he was really Messiah that God had sent that they thought was coming because they thought he was just coming to kick out the government that was there in power and just help them right then. They didn't really have the concept that this wasn't about some government that was a blip in the timeline. This was about overall eternity and winning the battle over sin and death and evil. So they didn't really completely get that concept. And, you know, as they were kind of arguing with him and and yelling at him about how on earth could he be calling himself God's son and all of that, he told him, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will have the light of life. And we'll never walk in darkness. And of course, that that did not go over well with him. But it is the whole basis of what Christmas is about, is that it was the birth of God's son, and he came in as the light. So just going through that and and thinking about even more about the light of the world and and how, how God has helped through that has helped me step away from thinking so much about my loss and being able to focus more on what the meaning of this is and the hope that we have. And there's been something about that. And I I think sometimes throughout loss, we end up getting so focused on what's missing and what's missing in our own lives that it can kind of pull you down into, you know, down into a hole that's hard to get up out of. And there's been something this week about being able to kind of get my get my thoughts off of how much I'm missing and my loss and you know who all isn't here and you know it's not just my husband there's others my dad you know different people that aren't here and and not living close to all of my friends of course I'm here I'm close to family which is nice but you know just the different things in your life that you're missing and all of the change and the comfort that a person knows that can all really pull you down. And I think through the being able to start focusing on the whole purpose of what this season really is about and what really is important and 
being able to recognize what God has really done for me over the last months helped me to just start having more of this hope that I like to talk about in this as our topic. And so then last night, we did that on Thursday night. And then last night, they offered, our church offered several different quote unquote Christmas Eve candlelight services. And it just worked best for everyone's schedule to go, of course, to go last night. And so we went and we sung Christmas carols. And of course, there's the the service on God sending his son and all of the love and everything about that and, and took communion and so forth. But then we have what's called the candlelight service. And it's one of my favorite parts. I, I love going to it. And so everybody gets a little candle and you get the little paper cuff. And I don't know if, if you go to churches that have done this or have been in in any kind of ceremonies where they've done this, maybe a concert or something. A lot of places it's gotten harder and harder to do it because, of course, it's with real flames. <laughs> and so some places have a harder time doing it than others. But the way they, they the way they do it at our churches, each person gets one. And then at the end of the service, as you're getting ready to do this final part, the ushers start from the back at ours. And at the end of the row, they just start lighting one candle. And they just go down step by step by step, light a candle at the end of that row. And then the people in that row, candle by candle, light the flame in the next person's candle. And so it's very symbolic because it it is definitely a symbol of passing the hope and the story and the light through to the next person. But it's also symbolic of you start out in the dark and there's a light that starts to little by little fill the room. And you can see how much the light of one little candle adds up when it's hundreds of candles in a room. And how when each of us starts having hope and understanding this light of the world and having him help us and his Holy Spirit guiding us and teaching us and comforting us, how that can change the whole world if we all would do that. And so to me, it's just so powerful because rather than focusing on all of the rules of trying to be good enough, and do all of this stuff. And of course, we still should, we still have rules. You know, you don't hurt people. You try to be kind and loving, but with God's help, you can do even better than when you're trying to do it by yourself. And when you're trying to do it by yourself, at least for me, there were days I could do it well. And there were days when there was no way I was going to do it well by myself. So this whole understanding of how the light of the world individually helps us have more light, brings us more peace and love and hope. Focusing on that instead of my loss and the darkness and the empty spaces because of that person that I don't have here, those people we don't have here. It just has really changed my whole thought process and how I felt about things. And so I was really grateful for that. So we sang one of my favorite Christmas carols last night, and it was one that every time I hear it, every time I sing it, it's just, is kind of, it's almost overwhelming to me, the hope that we have in it. 
And there's Oh Holy Night. I played that, as you probably saw, with Instagram Reel, if you follow me. It starts out, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It's the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And then the the verse, the uh, chorus goes into fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Oh, night divine. Oh, night when Christ was born. And the second verse doesn't always get sung as much. And I love it. Truly, he taught us to love one another. That is what he taught us, to love one another, not to judge one another, not to look at, oh, are you doing this well? Are you my enemy? Do you follow these rules? No. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break. Chains of whether it's poverty, chains of evil, chains of trying to follow rules that you can never follow, whatever those chains are. Chains shall he break for the slave is our brother. In other words, we're all, no matter where you are, he's going to break those chains because we're all supposed to be equal in his sight because he loves all of us. So chains shall he break for the slave is our brother and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise we. Let all within us praise his holy name. For Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name forever. His power and glory evermore proclaim. O night divine, O night when Christ was born. Fall on your knees, O hear the angels' voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. There's just, and it it finishes up. There's something about that song that to me, if even in our own churches, and you know, there's so much. We all know, any of us that are on social media, we all know what's going on right now in our world, in our country, in our states, in our cities, in our families. If we could take this one song and we could follow it and really pay attention, this is what this is supposed to be about. And Focusing on this has given me a hope in a way that I probably have not even experienced it before as much. So I know it's pretty heavy on pretty heavy on religion, but I am really wishing each one of you the best. I'm hoping that if you too are struggling with losing someone with not having that person there, there's a seat that's empty at the table. There's presents that aren't going under the tree. But we have hope. Each one of us can have hope. And 
I hope that this message today, that this podcast will do like it did for me. And instead of making you feel just down and out and empty and sad and gray, and there's nothing, you know, there's really just Christmas isn't even special or whatever holidays isn't even special anymore. No, we have hope and it is the light of the world. And my prayer for each person listening is that that light will light up your life and will help you feel better and more hopeful and and give you some strength to go into this new year. So that's it for me today. Have a great week. We'll talk later. It has been great spending time with you today as we have talked about life, career, rewritten. I hope that our topic today helped you on your journey in life and was enjoyable in the process. I look forward to meeting up with you next time. This is Susan Ballou signing off.